Welcome back to another episode of the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I am uh, really excited to dive into the topic of the day today, which is how to know if you're in a calorie deficit. This is something that I, we talk about on the podcast all the time, right? To lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. But saying that is one thing. Understanding that is a completely different concept. So we're going to dive into all of the nuts and bolts about one, what a calorie deficit is, and then two, how to know that you're in a calorie deficit. All of the different tips and tricks that you can use to know for sure whether or not you're in a calorie deficit and then use that information to move forward and reach the weight loss goals that you have. So I'm super excited to dive into this episode. I hope that you are too. Uh, before we dive in real quick, uh, just a reminder, I am a online health and fitness coach. So if you have any types of goals that you're looking to achieve in the upcoming year in 2022, um, and you would like a little bit of guided, customized uh, programming, support, and guidance, well, that's what I do. I work with people all over the world to help them achieve their health and fitness goals. So please um Feel free to reach out in whatever way is convenient for you. My website is chrisgatesfitness.com. On there, there's a coaching page and all kinds of information about what coaching is like. You can also browse through a bunch of testimonials from current and past clients of mine who talk about their experiences uh, working together and uh, the progress that they made. So those are, are definitely cool to check out. Um, you can reach me on the website. Uh, you can also find me basically on any social media platform. So all you got to do is search for Chris Gates Fitness and you'll find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, anywhere absolutely anywhere. So uh, please uh, feel free to reach out. And uh, the very last thing, since you're listening to this podcast, make sure that you're subscribed on whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts because wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. And if you do subscribe, I would really appreciate it. It would really help a lot if you could leave a five-star review and a comment that helps more people find the podcast, um, which helps support my mission of getting the right information about fitness and nutrition out to as many people as possible. So, uh, all right, with all of that out of the way now, let's dive into something that I think is going to lead us well into this discussion because, you know, like I already mentioned, as you approach the new year, this new year coming up 2022, a lot of people set goals, right? Um, and uh, a lot of the times the goals are centered around weight loss, wanting to lose weight, find a healthier, happier version of yourself. And um, I, I just want to help you frame what the process of pursuing that goal, whatever goal you have, what the process of pursuing that goal should look like so that you can continue to pursue it consistently for a long period of time. Because for any type of goal there is, if it's weight loss, if it's building muscle, building strength, just generally feeling more athletic, happier, healthier, um, it's going to take time. None of this stuff happens overnight. It happens because you develop the right habits and habits are developed because you do certain things repeatedly over and over and over again until it just becomes part of your DNA. Um, and an issue that I see so many people run into when they set New Year's resolutions or goals for the upcoming year is people often set a plan to achieve that goal that is 
unbelievably aggressive and overambitious. So it's like, hey, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. Um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to exercise every single day. And then that person starts doing that. They get in the gym every single day and they do it for like two weeks. Then they start to feel burnt out by the end of the third week. They're just like, I can't do this anymore. Being fit, being healthy, being happy. It's just not for me. And they quit. And that's why, you know, if you have a gym membership and you've ever been to the gym around this time of year, December, January, you see it start to fill up with a lot of new people. And then oftentimes by the time February into March rolls around, the gym kind of clears back out and the usual suspects are the ones that are left in the gym. You see all those normal people again and the new people are no longer there. And I hate that personally. I hate to see that because, you know, a lot of people will see all these people coming to the gym and they're just like, damn it. Like, I hate all these people that are here for a month because they set a goal and I know they're not going to be here long term. But since they're he- they're here, I have to wait for equipment. Uh, it's crowded. It's gross in the gym. I just, I hate being around all these people. And like, I actually always loved seeing so many people new at the gym because it meant, yeah, there's like all these people who are taking their health seriously. That's a really, really good thing. And then when they disappear, I hated that because it's like, okay, well then that's just like hundreds of more people that are trying to do this that didn't have the right frame of mind. They didn't have the right plan in place. And look what happens. Uh, You know, you run into burnout. And really, I think burnout is like the biggest thing. I think burnout is the biggest thing that happens to people because we just think, because of the way this stuff is marketed with health and fitness, um, whether it be certain fitness routines or programs that you do that are really, really intense, like high interval, high intensity interval training is like so intense, but you're going to burn a ton of calories, burn a ton of fat. This is the way you have to do it to lose weight or uh, certain diet regimens that have you eliminating all these foods and making rapid progress really quickly, like all this stuff that is marketed out there is so over the top and it's not actually what you need to be doing to make progress, to reach the goal that you set for yourself. And something I shared on social media, I want to read it to you here um, because I got a lot of good reaction to this and when I get good reaction to a specific post, that's when I think, okay, I want to talk about this on the podcast too just so that you listening, in case you missed the post, I want you to get this message. And what I put out there was getting started with fitness by doing as much as you possibly can every single day is insanity. You wouldn't learn how to swim by jumping off the Olympic high dive. Start small, add over time, and make it sustainable. And I hope that analogy helps you kind of picture what I'm talking about here. If you didn't know how to swim and you showed up to the pool for the first time to learn how to swim, I highly doubt you would climb all the way up the highest diving board and just say, okay, I'm going to jump off into the deep end from 50, 100 feet up and we'll just see what happens. But that's essentially what you're doing when you walk into the gym for the first time and in your head, you're telling yourself, okay, I'm going to do as much as I possibly can while I'm at the gym today. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'm going to do the same thing. And I'm going to do that over and over and over again until I make all the progress I'm looking for. Because that's never going to work. 
just like jumping off the Olympic high dive, you will drown, you will burn out, and you will never come back. So understand that you don't have to go to those lengths to make the type of progress that you're looking for. It comes down to, once again, doing things in a structure that is something you can maintain, something that you can sustain. And ideally, along the way, it's something that you enjoy because if you enjoy it, it means it's feasible. And if it's feasible, you'll sustain it. And if you sustain it, then it'll turn into habit, right? So please take that approach into the gym or into wherever you're headed, both physically and mentally, to start pursuing whatever goal you you may be setting for yourself in the upcoming year. You do not have to run yourself into the ground to make progress. You do not have to suffer to make progress. Yes, you're going to have to apply yourself. You're not always going to feel comfortable. You should challenge yourself to points where you don't feel comfortable. But there's a fine line between feeling a little bit uncomfortable and killing yourself. <laughs> and we need to we need to balance things appropriately. So I hope that that, uh, that is helpful for you. And I hope that you can take that mindset into the upcoming year. So, okay, with that said, now let's talk about a topic that could really help you if you're trying to lose weight here in the upcoming year, how to know if you're in a calorie deficit. So the calorie deficit to me seems like the most impactful and at the same time mysterious thing in the entire fitness and nutrition world because it is a a very popular concept. You're going to hear it a lot if you follow, I mean, if you follow me, you're going to hear it a lot, but if you follow other fitness practitioners that, you know, really promote the right stuff, they're going to talk about, well, to lose weight, first and foremost, you need to be in a calorie deficit. Um, But again, like I said at the beginning, saying that and understanding it are two different things. And what we're going to do today on this podcast episode is make you understand it so that as you move forward here, there's no debate as to what a calorie deficit is and whether or not you are in one. Um, So many people want to be in a calorie deficit. And if you're still listening, I'm going to guess that you either do or you want this information in the future for when you will want to be in a calorie deficit. It is the key to losing body fat. Um, So that's really important. Uh, At the same time, there's not really an easy way to know that you're in a calorie deficit. There's not like you can't look at your Apple watch and it's going to tell you today you're in a calorie deficit. Um, You can't go online and fill out like a calculator on Google and it'll tell you like there's there's no you're going to have to put in some work here to figure out if you're in a calorie deficit or not and that's what we're going to do we're going to make it simple and answer how to know if you're in a calorie deficit so first let's define calorie deficit and then we'll move into some of the various techniques techniques that you can use to confirm whether or not you're in a calorie deficit And then the last thing we'll do is outline what to do if you find out that you're not in a calorie deficit in order to help you make the right adjustments to lose weight, get into into a calorie deficit and move forward. So with that said, let's dive in and talk about the definition of a calorie deficit. And at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is negative energy balance. Calorie deficit means you need to be burning more calories every day then you are consuming from food. And I say this all the time, that that is the definition of a calorie deficit, but that does not mean that you need to go and try to burn as many calories as you possibly can 
so that you're burning more calories than you're eating because that is the wrong approach. It's flawed. Listen and read as many articles and podcasts as I put out there. I say this every single time. You should adjust your nutrition. You should not try to out-exercise a bad diet because you will never... You will never see the progress that you're looking for sustainably if you try to out-exercise your current diet. So calories are a unit of energy. All of the food that you consume is energy going into your body. You need that energy going in to be less than the energy going out. That's the focus I want you to have. Reducing some of that energy in and kind of maintaining your energy going out. When energy in is less than energy out, you're in a calorie deficit. Your body has to search elsewhere in the body for energy to get through the day. And by doing that, your body actually converts tissue in your body into that energy, and that's how your body loses weight. So ideally, you want to be in negative energy balance. Again, that is a calorie deficit. You want to be there for an extended period of time to give your body ample time to shed body fat. That is what we're talking about when we talk about a calorie deficit. So now, let's talk about the most effective approach to a calorie deficit. And there are just about a million different ways you can go about trying to get there, uh, but there's really only one that I'd recommend, and I just mentioned it, focusing on your nutrition. So many people mess this up by trying to out-exercise their diets and attempting to burn as many calories as possible. It's flawed. It's going to potentially lead you down a really dangerous path of screwing up your relationship between fitness and food. Um, it, it's nearly impossible to out-exercise your diet sustainably for any stretch of time. Um, and here's a way to kind of conceptualize it. If you assume that the average person burns about 100 calories by walking one mile, that means you'd have to walk hundreds of miles a month just to remain weight stable, uh, hundreds of hours of intense cardio a month just to re- remain weight stable. If you're um, you know, if you're in a surplus by 300 calories a day, that means you'd have to walk more than three miles every single day to get yourself into a calorie deficit. And I mean, does that sound sustainable? It's not sustainable. The, the other alternative here, is instead of overeating by 300 calories, you could like literally remove one snack from your day. You could, you know, instead of getting a loaded up coffee at Starbucks, you could brew your own and just put a little bit of cream in it. There are many small tweaks you can make to your nutrition that make a huge impact on getting into a calorie deficit as opposed to the other approach, which is just continuing to do the same old stuff you've always done that have got you to this place where you want to lose weight and trying to exercise so much that you burn so many calories to put yourself into a calorie deficit. You're going to, if you do that, you're going to burn out, you're going to quit and you're going to continually yo-yo diet over and over again. If you refuse to address your nutrition, because you'll get real motivated. You'll try to do this. You'll go to the gym. Like I said, at the beginning of two to three weeks, you'll burn out, you'll stop. And then six months later, you'll try again. You'll do the same thing. You'll stop six months later. This is what yo-yo dieting is. And it's caused often by just taking the wrong approach and not wanting to adjust your nutrition. So um, the most effective approach to getting into a calorie deficit is adjusting 
your nutrition, okay? Making small tweaks to your nutrition and evaluating things over time. And that's what we're going to get into now is how you evaluate things over time. How do you know based on just tracking a few variables, how you can know whether or not you're in a calorie deficit and then that can confirm whether you're doing the right things or you need to continue making changes. So let's talk about what you can track. It's all about tracking. Let's talk about what you can track that will tell you whether or not you're in a calorie deficit. Before we talk about these specific things that I want you to track to find out if you're in a calorie deficit, I've, I want to stress that um, this concept of tracking things about your day and about your body is not as daunting as it sounds. Uh, I'm going to give you four different things to track here. And I promise that tracking these things will add no more than 10 to 15 minutes of work to your day. That, that That's what we're, t- at most. And as you do this for longer, that amount of time reduces because it just becomes a habit, right? We said that at the outset. You do things over and over and over again, they become habit, you get better at them, you, you're able to do them quicker, and then it's just a reflex. You don't even think about it, it just becomes part of your day and it takes less time. This stuff is not hard to do, especially in 2021 going to 2022 with the type of technology that we have that I know, since you're listening to a podcast right now, I know you have the ability to do this and it will not take a lot of time. So here's a list of what you should track if you really want to know for sure if you're in a calorie deficit. Number one, you should track your nutrition. Number two, you should track your body weight. Number three, you should measure your waistline. And number four, you should take progress photos, okay? And let's dive into each one of those so I can give you details on how to do each one of these. And we'll start with tracking nutrition because I mentioned before, addressing your nutrition is going to be what's most impactful, right? To get into a calorie deficit and lose weight, lose body fat. Uh, Tracking your nutrition is going to be the most impactful step. So you're adjusting your nutrition by tracking it and finding out what tweaks you can make. So tracking your nutrition is probably the most impactful of these four. And luckily, there are free tools out there that you can use that allow you to easily tally up what you eat each day. The tool that I use for nutrition tracking with all of my clients is MyFitnessPal. Uh, I have an article on how to track your macros on my website, which has more details on using nutrition tracking to uh, get into a calorie deficit easily. So you could just search Chris Gates Fitness, how to track your macros. You could also find a link to that in the article uh, that's linked in the show description for this podcast if you if you want to learn more. Um, my Fitness Pal has a huge database of f- virtually any food that you could eat. So if you haven't used My Fitness Pal, I would recommend you download it onto your phone and play around with it for a week and see how easy it is. You can scan barcodes of the foods that you eat. So if you're eating like a protein bar, you can open up the camera in MyFitnessPal, scan the barcode for that protein bar or any other food that has a barcode. It will automatically show you 
how many calories, how many grams of protein, carbohydrates, fat. And all you have to do is click a check mark and it adds it to your daily diary. And as you go throughout the day, you add foods to your diary. It will tally up how many calories, how many protein, carbs, fat. And at the end of every day, you'll get to see what your intake looks like. And if you do that consistently day after day after day, week after week after week, you get an idea of what your average intake is. That is really, really, really important. And it's really easy. And if you can start to play around with this and start to get an idea of what your average intake looks like, you can combine that with these next three things that I want you to track and it will help you learn whether or not you're in a calorie deficit. Um, So you're tracking nutrition. You should also track your body weight every one to two days. And this one is super simple. I I have most of my clients do weigh-ins every other day and we do it in the morning. And uh, what we do, I have a, a guide to body composition tracking that I give all my clients that outlines how we're going to manage and, and track this type of stuff. And uh, what we do for daily weigh-ins is every other day we step on the scale first thing in the morning. So you wake up, use the bathroom, step on the scale, and you log that weight. And you just like tracking nutrition, you do this consistently day after day after day, week after week after week, you start to get an idea of what your average body weight is and then what your body weight trend is over time. I have an article on my website, how to weigh yourself properly. So Chris Gates Fitness, how to track your weight. If you Google that, you will find an article that outlines the specific steps on how to track your body weight because yes, there is a right and wrong way to do it. And there's actually only one right way to do it. And there's a whole hell of a lot of wrong ways to do it. So check that out. On a bi-weekly basis, I also want you taking waist measurements. So every two weeks, I want you to very simply grab a tape measure and wrap it around your waist, have it at the top of your hip bone and bring it around your waist and to the front and mark down what that waist measurement is, okay? Every two weeks. And finally, you should take progress photos. And these are photos where uh, you're in your underwear and you take them from the front from the left side, from the right side, and from the back. And you're going to do this once a month. And these are really, really important because as we talk about your body weight and your waist measurements, those are pretty straightforward. If you're seeing your body weight consistently go down, you're in a calorie deficit and there's no more guesswork. Excuse me. If you see your waist measurements go down over time, it's a pretty good chance you're in a calorie deficit. But you can possibly be in a calorie deficit without seeing your weight go down and without necessarily seeing your waist measurement change all that much. And that's why we take progress photos because sometimes you won't see progress on the scale or with your waist measurements, but your body composition may be changing. And this is something that causes a lot of people to quit. A lot of people don't see progress on the scale for two to three weeks and they just say, ah, screw it. I can't do this. Uh, losing weight's just not for me. I don't know what what I'm doing wrong. This is ridiculous. I quit. And people don't understand that like if you started going to the gym because you want to lose weight, you started lifting weights and maybe it's the first time you've lifted weights in years, there is a unbelievably good chance that you are building muscle while burning body fat. And as you add muscle and burn fat, the scale weight may not change, but your body composition could be changing dramatically. 
And there's no other way to capture that type of progress than tracking how you look. So if you combine these progress photos with your scale weight, with waist measurements, you're doing everything possible to capture your progress. You're going to capture each and every possible form of progress to determine if you're in a calorie deficit. And that's important because like I just said, you can be in a calorie deficit without losing any weight. You would be shocked at how often this happens. I'm thinking of four or five clients right now that I have that the weight on the scale has stayed the same, but in their progress photos, they are their bodies are changing dramatically. Really, really important to understand that. So here's an example of, of how this could happen for you. Uh, say you adjust your nutrition, you get in a calorie deficit, um, and at the same time, like I said, you start lifting weights as part of your exercise program. In this situation, it's very likely that you lose body fat and you build muscle at the same time. Your scale weight will not change in this scenario because you'll be both losing tissue from body fat but building tissue for muscle in your body. The scale won't change, but your body composition will. In this scenario, if you are only tracking your body weight, and God forbid, if you're only tracking your body weight poorly, if you're doing it at the wrong times with the wrong you know, setup, uh, you will think you're not making progress when you actually are. And that could lead to you trying to change your plan, changing something that's already working. It could lead to you abandoning it altogether. Uh, and either way, either of those options suck because if you just would have paid a little bit more attention to some of these details that we just went through, you could have continued what you were doing and made dramatic progress. But now that you're listening to this podcast episode, I'm confident that you will not let that happen. You will not let that happen to you. So that's why these waist measurements and progress photos, in addition to your scale weight, combined with tracking your nutrition, will help you get on the right path, get the right data, and inform the right decisions moving forward. So once you start tracking the various aspects of your body composition that we just talked about, body weight, waist measurements, progress photos, along with tracking your nutrition, it should become pretty clear pretty quickly whether or not you're in a calorie deficit. If after a month you're seeing uh, progress with any one of those three body composition tracking variables, body weight, waist measurements, or progress photos, any one of those, all of them do not have to be happening, any one of those, then you're very, very likely in a calorie deficit and you need to keep doing what you're doing. If your scale weight is dropping and or if your waist measurements are decreasing and or your body is visually slimming down, you're in a calorie deficit. It does not take all three, it just takes one. So now you know the exact equation, how to know if you're in a calorie deficit, it's seeing those things change. One of those things, or A, if it's multiple, that's even better. Now, if none of those items that you're tracking change after a month, then you're most likely not in a calorie deficit and you need to make some small adjustments to your nutrition. And again, emphasize small adjustments and we're adjusting nutrition. So if you're not in a calorie deficit, it does not mean you need to slash calories like a crazy person. You don't need to cut out half your diet. You don't need to cut out carbs. You don't need to go on the keto diet and stop eating specific food groups or specific foods, nothing like that. 
you just need to reduce your intake slightly and continue to track progress. So increase or uh, decreasing your intake slightly could mean uh, pulling just a little bit of carbs or fats from your lunch or doing that from your dinner. It could mean eliminating one snack throughout the day. It could mean changing your, you know, your regular Coca-Cola to a Diet Coke. These little types of changes can actually pull quite a, a couple hundred calories out of your diet, and that may be all you need to get into a calorie deficit and start seeing progress. Remember what I told you at the beginning of this article. You need to be in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time to make progress. So in order to stay in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time, your diet has to be sustainable. The most sustainable diet is always going to be one that allows you to eat as many calories and types of foods as possible. So making small changes is what really helps it be sustainable. The less you restrict, the longer you can diet. And the longer you can diet, the more progress you can make. So if you want to lose weight, the best thing you can do right now, start tracking and documenting your progress. Download MyFitnessPal. Start learning how to track your nutrition. Start getting an idea of how many calories you're eating on on average, on a daily basis. At the same time, start stepping on the scale like we talked about. Every morning, every one to two days, log each weigh-in. Pay attention to that trend over time and don't make rash decisions just because the scale may go up a pound or two one day. We're looking at the long term here. Start taking those bi-weekly waist measurements. Start taking those monthly progress photos. Do all of that for an entire month. That's what I want you to do after listening to this podcast. Do all that for an entire month. If you're setting a goal for New Year's 2022, the whole month of January, I want you to do this. And at the end of January, look at all of these things that you you tracked. And again, all of these things that are very easy to track and look at what the trend looks like. Did those waist measurements start going down? Do you look better in your progress photos? Is the weight on the scale going down? Do all that for a month and reevaluate. If you see progress again with any one of those three body composition metrics that you're tracking, then that's exactly how to know if you're in a calorie deficit. I hope you found this podcast episode helpful. I appreciate you listening. Uh, I hope it helped you develop a better understanding of what a calorie deficit is and how to know if you're in a calorie deficit uh, to, to try and lose weight. Uh, if you have any additional questions, I'm always available. Please feel free to contact me. A great way to get in contact with me, honestly, is to subscribe to my newsletter. If you go to my website, there's a newsletter tab at the top. Uh, you'll get a free diet guide, which is awesome. It'll provide you with more information about calorie deficits and how to structure your nutrition. Um, but I send out a newsletter once a week, every week, and you can always reply directly to that newsletter and ask me any questions you have. And I'm, I'm happy to help uh, w- with anything that you need. Um, and again, if you're interested in getting some personalized support coaching to kind of build a framework around all of these concepts that we just talked about, let me manage this stuff for you. Um, definitely check out my coaching page on chrisgatesfitness.com. Uh, you can learn more about what I offer. And if you're interested, you can fill out a coaching application form and we can start to talk about your goals. So thank you so much for listening. I really, really do appreciate it. Like I said, I hope this was helpful and valuable for you and I'll talk to you again soon.